You're now tuning in to the Here's the Deal podcast, covering today's biggest stories from the gridiron to the hardwood. Hosted by Michael D. White Jr. and David Coleman. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Here's the Deal. This is one of your co-hosts, Michael White. David, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Welcome to another episode of Here's the Deal. All the supporters. Getting a lot of support from y'all, a lot of comments. I'm liking the action we're getting out We there. is getting a lot of support. I'm liking to see the community build yeah, up. Yeah, y'all yeah. feeling kind of nice. I'm like, okay, people listening. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so a lot of it's, it's been good. It's been a long week, but made it through. Can't complain. I meant to ask you, are you going to something in the water? Um, I'm thinking about it's between that and the uh, the cold con- concert, the Dreamville Festival. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Just letting you know my tickets are bought. <laughs> something in the water? Something in the water, hey. tickets are bought. Hey, 175 man. But the service it's, fee was $50. Yeah, that's, I hear the service fee is ridiculous. But I mean, a three-day festival, you can't, can't I can't come, especially because of the lineup. That's yeah. going to, Pharrell. Pharrell, come shout out Pharrell. Pharrell, <laughs> Missy, who else? Travis Scott. Yeah, they got a lot of people. SZA. SZA, yeah. They got a lot of people out there. And Friends. I need it's to see gonna, that. And Friends, yeah. I need to see who he bringing on stage. Obviously, I heard like Diddy, Usher, some other people. But anyway, yeah. look, look, look. Yeah, we got cop. That, that's going to be, that's going to <laughs> that's gonna be yeah. hot. That's going to be hot. Let's get into sports. Let's get into it. Let's start today with the NFL. Big news out of today, Antonio Brown is going to the Raiders. Yeah. What do you think about that, David? Talk to me. How is this move for the Raiders? I think the Raiders, they got a nice asset in AB after giving her to Amari Cooper last year, chained him to Dallas. Mm-hmm. Somehow they got a first-round pick out of that. But I think um, John Gruden being the offensive coach that he is, he's going to find a way to make AB effective. AB's already... I believe a top two receiver in the league. Yeah. He's going to give you production no matter who's out there. And I believe Derek Carr is a very good quarterback. It's just last year was a down year, not having a great line, not having great su- supporting cast in general. And It was just a confusing year for the Raiders. Yeah, John. a lot of it didn't make sense. <laughs> Trading Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack. Trading away all their best players. It just didn't – it never sat right with me. It never sat right. Didn't make much sense in John Gruden's first start, but – Overall, the Raiders signing Antonio Brown think it's a great fit. Obviously, Derek Carr, just two years ago, I think he was in the MVP running until he broke his leg, right? The Raiders were doing really well. They already have Jared Cook, Seth Roberts, and Jordy Nelson. So adding Antonio Brown to a passing attack that was ranked 18th, it's definitely going to help that go up. Antonio Brown had more touchdowns than Jordy Nelson, Seth Roberts, and Jared Cook combined last year. Mm. So... (laughs) Adding him to that mix, you're ultimately going to be better offensive. Basically, you get Antonio Brown, you're not going to get worse. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? They're definitely like, going to get better. Because they didn't give up a lot to give him either. It was a third round, a fifth round pick. So the only the reason they got him for so cheap was because they had to give him a contract. They uh, traded for him. But, big contract. Yeah, yeah. He big got paid. Con- he got his money. <laughs> he got his money. He vetoed his own trade to the Bills. He was like, hey, I, nah, I ain't going there. So that's fake news. Hey, look, look, nah, nah, nah. That, that, it's not going that's down like news. that. I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> That's, but, that's what they're doing in the NFL now? Pretty much. They're trying to get on that NBA level. Yeah. They, I, I don't know, man. NBA business and NFL it's business. totally different. Totally different. Yeah. I don't think they're going to get away with that. But yeah. looking back at towards the trade, um, I know it's going to help Oakland. Mm-hmm. But I think Oakland has a lot more problems that need to be addressed before I can take them seriously as in going into next year. Especially their defense. I think their defense is horrible. I think they're... Yeah, their run, their run defense was ranked 30th last year against the rush. So, Oakland has a lot more holes to fill. Ultimately, this just helps them offensively to me. But I still think they got a lot of pieces that they need to fill out, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, they got a lot of places that they need to uh, do better. Defense, offensive line, running back. They got a, kind of like a whole restructure they got to do. But John Gruden having that 10-year contract, he has a lot of security. He has a lot of time to figure out exactly what he wants to do with that team. So... I think, I think they'll be good. Um, going um to the other side of the deal, the uh, Steelers part. How do you think the Steelers made up? I mean, they got rid of a. I hate to say a toxic piece, but at this point, yeah. that's what it's gotten to. And ultimately, if you don't have locker room stability, all that affects everything out to the field. And apparently, Antonio Brown was a problem. 
they they got him out of there. They still have their quarterback. I don't think this was the route they should have took. Yeah. But at the same time, I understand. I guess from a coaching span, uh, a coaching perspective, from a management perspective. At the end of the day, I'm keeping Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. You know, even <laughs> yeah. though they still have him now, but you know, I'm keeping them soon. I'm probably moving on from Ben. But hey, yeah, I would. If I was the Steelers, I would have let go of the. Uh, I would have let go of the quarterback rather than the younger assets. So as far as running back yeah. and wide receiver, yeah, I mean, AB's thirty. Ben is up there though, and it's like, it's hard to say. I'd rather take a wide receiver over a quarterback. Yeah, that yeah, that's the difficult. But at this rate, like Ben was just contemplating retirement. Like was like last year, the yeah, year like, before. I feel like he's gonna retire. Any like he may retire now that they get rid of all these players. Like I yeah. kind of feel that in the back of my mind. I think he will come back at least one more year. But yeah, I guess it depends. I mean, they got Connor. Yeah, as I said, they got Connor. They, so they like, got they, Juju. Yeah, yeah, so they got their replacements, and they've always been known to. Be able to make a wide receiver pretty good. So, I mean, I think they'll be good at wide out. It's more so the Le'Veon leaving, I think, will maybe hurt them in the future. All right, Le'Veon need to come to Green Bay. Look, that's just all I'm going to say. We'll get to it later. <laughs> all right, so I'm um, getting into just some uh, other free agent acquisitions now that free agency has opened up in the NFL. Right. We got um, Nick Foles going from uh, Philly to Jacksonville. Any thoughts on that? He signed a four-year, $88 million contract. It's better than... Um, God, his name slips my mind. Oh, Carson Wentz? <laughs> no, uh, it's better than... Oh, Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. Oh, yeah. Blake Bortles had that one solid year, and everybody yeah. was hype on the Jaguars, and even I was. I thought it was going to be the Patriots, mm. but they needed somebody who could get it done in the playoffs, and obviously, yeah. as we see, Nick Foles Nick is one Foles. of those guys who can get it done in the playoffs. Right. As got- far as the season going, I don't know. Cause you're putting the ball. You're putting. Didn't he start the season for the Eagles? Um, and I he, think, yeah, he started like the, the first four games. They were like one and three or something like that. They were two and two. I believe. Two and two. I thought he was struggling early. We'll see what he gets. You know, taking full of a whole another team. But what do yeah. you think about it? Um, I think it's gonna be a good addition. They didn't need any spectacular quarterback being right. that. I assume their defense is still gonna be kind of in that top top seven or so. They took right. they dropped off last year, but you know some of that has to do with their. Offense being so bad. It's kind of hard to play defense. When you're always on the field. Exactly. (laughs) And then no field position as well. So, I think he's going to be good for them. They just need to get more weapons, I think, at the wideout position for him to actually be effective. Definitely. I agree with that. But, yeah, I think it's a good addition. They should hopefully be in contention for the playoffs again. So, I'm going on to uh, Trent Brown. He went from New England to Oakland. He signed a four-year, $66 million contract, the left tackle from New England. Uh, Great pickup. Uh, Derek Carr was sacked, I believe, yeah, 51 times last year, third mm-hmm. most in the NFL. So <laughs> that's exactly yeah. what they needed. They needed a left tackle, and they yeah. went out and took it from the Patriots, yeah, another player. That. So that was a great signing by John Gruden and that team. Yeah, they needed that. Trying not to make him end up like his brother, David. Hey, look. <laughs> David Carr, getting him sacked a million times yeah, a season. Yeah, you don't, you don't want that because Derek Carr has shown he can play. You give him protection, you give him weapons. Right, you don't want to shoot his confidence down because like last year you could tell like there's this viral video going around. He got up and he is damn near crying, crying on the field. So it's like... Come on, Derek. You can't have shit like that happen. <laughs> hey, hey, but look, Derek, come on. Come you can't on. have that happen. Yeah, you got you got man up. <laughs> you got man up, son. I'm sorry, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think that was a good addition. Anytime you had left tackle, any type of thing to your line, it's a good addition. Right. He's, a, he's a pro bowler, so. Exactly. It's a good addition. Um, also, leaving him New England, you got Trey Flower. He went from New England to the Lions, joined uh, his former coach, Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia. He signed a five-year, and it's rumored to be 16 to $17 million a year. Uh, Lions needed a pass, a pass rush, and they went out and got Trey Flowers. He's a good player. Um, you know, I'm a Packer fan, so I don't like anything oh, yeah. going towards the Lions. So yeah, yeah, the, uh, Detroit's making a couple moves out there, but I think um Trey Flowers adding a good pass rusher like that, I think it's just gonna just gonna help them out on the defense side of the ball. Matthew Stafford. I'm bittersweet about him. I think he's a good quarterback, but it's all about getting it done in those primetime games. So maybe that defense having a – maybe they'll get to elite status one day because they got Darius Slay. He's one of the top corners in the league. And just building a solid team and not just always depending on, okay, Matthew Stafford, throw 50 times a game and we're going to count. He's going to throw 50 times regardless. It don't matter who's <laughs> running the routes. Yeah, yeah. They need they need Le'Veon. <laughs> but, <laughs> right, they need something. But – um. um Replacing Trey Flowers, New England went ahead and uh, they traded for Michael Bennett from Philadelphia, so he'll be going to New England. 
How you think about that, Michael Bennett? And do you think they might add his brother as well? Richer get richer. Yeah. Patriots fresh off a of Super Bowl. Why not add another person that they don't need? <laughs> but they're gonna get. They're gonna be competitive. He's gonna help their defense. They may not be like top ten as far as like yards, but. In terms of scoring defense and red zone defense, they're going to be one of those teams. Again, and losing Trey Flowers, you need somebody like Bennett. I hope they don't add his brother because, yeah. man, Tom That's Brady keep counting these rings up. And it's, yeah. it's getting yeah. out of hand. Yeah, man. It's getting out of hand. Uh, I'm ready for the dynasty to, you know, take a little... Take a couple years yeah, off. Take a break, son. <laughs> take a break. Like, chill. Let, some, let somebody else have the AFC make it to the to the Super Bowl, right? right? I wouldn't mind seeing Mahomes versus uh, the Rams. Oh, like, yeah. I kind of was interested in After that. After that regular season game, I believe it was 54-51. Yeah, something like, like that. That game it was, was ridiculous game. And that was one of the better games of the year. So I would have loved to have seen that, but. I knew what it was when the Patriots. I was like, <sighs> look, everything in my mind told me the Chiefs should win. I just knew the Patriots were going to win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't bet against them after they beat. I let the Chargers. I, I was. I knew that they were going to the Super Bowl. I knew that. <laughs> Hurt. <laughs> but uh, going up from that, we had a uh, Landon Collins. He he had got released by the Giants, and um, he ended up signing a six-year, eighty-four million dollar deal. So we ain't got that bag in Washington. He gets to play his former team two times a year. Landon Collins, Josh Norman, Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Yeah. What's man? Yeah, Zach Zach Brown. Yeah, the, got the skins got some players yeah, on yeah, the defensive they, side of the ball now. I've like, been watching the Redskins over the last couple of years. Their defense is really starting to take a mm-hmm. big jump. I think a lot of that is just drafting well and also making good free agent signings. Um, right. The way they've been drafting, they've been drafting a lot of Alabama defensive players. So I, that's one thing I've noticed, and <laughs> it's been translating to the NFL. That's so. always a smart move. Exactly. Yeah, you can't go around drafting Alabama players because they're gonna translate. <laughs> Oh, so next factor. You unless you Trent Richardson, but uh, nah, nah. Um, I think I think that's gonna be I think that's gonna be good for their secondary. Um, when Haha went there, he didn't exactly play great, but I think maybe another year in the another system. year in the same system, and then yeah. playing next to Landon, that's gonna mean a lot. So I think that'd be a good addition for them. Um, also, there were a lot of safety. So um, another safety addition for this Eric Weddle, even from Baltimore to the Rams, he signed a two year deal. Still trying to compete for a Super Bowl. Um, I think as far as that deal goes, I think it's going to be big for the Rams because they need they needed something in their defense. There's something like they have a lot of star players. They have Marcus Peters. They have Aki Talib. They right. have Aaron Donald. Right. You just keep going down the list. They even brought back Dante Flower. But um, adding Eric Weddle is going to bring in that veteran leadership that they need because they got a lot of young players. Right. Exactly what you said. Veteran leadership. Some Eric will bring. He's been in the league for a while. He knows how to play the game. He's a great safety. I think that's a solid pickup for the Rams. Um. They're definitely not trying to be one of those teams that go to the Super Bowl and don't go back. They're definitely trying to make make that yeah. that trip back next year, and I think it's a good signing for them. Yeah, I think Sean McVay is one of the best coaches in the league. Obviously, he got outcoached by Bill in the Super Bowl, but of course. that's just hey, it. Oh, yeah, with, you, you ain't outcoaching Big Bill. Yeah, it comes with time. Yeah, Bill, man. Go, that's the goat right there. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, I think I think they just need a couple more years. So they'll figure it out. But um, Frank Gore, just a legacy pick. He went from uh, he went to the Bills, signed a one year, two mil. So I mean, just something you know, keep an eye on as far as some you know, passing people in the rushing yards all time, things like that. Carlos Hyde, he went from Jacksonville to Kansas City, which um, he signed a one year, two point eight million dollar deal. I think that's gonna help them a lot coming off the Kareem Hunt um, loss with him, you know, getting released in his whole situation. I think um, him, having uh, Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, Tyree Kill, things like that, you're going to have a lot of open running lanes. So. You're going to get a lot of open running lanes. You're going to get a lot of opportunity. You won't have guys trying to double you. You're going to get your stats just yeah. simply because of how talented they are exactly. from the inside to the out. So definitely a good sign. Yeah. And all right, the Chiefs also released the Pro Bowl linebacker, Justin Houston. He's been a long-time Chief, which right. kind of surprised me a little bit, but I think it was more so for money stick, so. It's understandable. See where he goes in the next few days or so. Um, Case Keenum, he got traded from the Broncos and ended up going to the Redskins. And that now puts the Redskins. They have Alex Smith, who I don't believe is going to be playing next year, but we'll see how that goes. So they got Case Keenum and Colt McCoy also. So I think Case will be their quarterback going into next year. And also, one last trade was Deshaun Jackson recently got traded back to Philadelphia. which Back to the Eagles. Which may uh, open up things for Carson Wentz, you know, bringing somebody that can stretch the field. Deshaun's always can run by somebody, so. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about Carson Wentz. I'm going to be honest. I just, yeah. 
I saw him when he was really good. And maybe he just is back too early. Maybe he needs another season. Mm-hmm. Didn't, what did he hurt? Did he break a vertebrae in his yeah, back think, or yeah, something? Yeah, I think it was. Like, yeah. Fibber. I think it's a third one. I might have kept. I might have tried to keep Foles again. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. I just have my doubts when it comes to Carson Wentz, health wise, not talent wise. Yeah, I think. I think because last time we saw him, like healthy, he was he was the MVP of the league until right. those last couple games, and they end up giving it to Brady, I believe. But like you said, talent wise, I don't question it. Um, it's more so health and just as far as how hard the team plays for him. Because I saw when Nick Foles was in there, it just seemed like they played with a little bit more swag. They played, they blocked a little bit harder. Everybody just did things a little bit more intense when uh, Mike Foles was their quarterback. And um, one more thing, free agency. All right, so we had the A-B trade. The Steelers getting rid of him. Now we got the running back, Le'Veon Bell. Do you think there's any like anybody out there that's going to give him that contract that he wants? Because you know he's going to want a lot of guaranteed money. Um, I think it's going to be a team that, first off, has it has to be someone who has room. So, yeah. Colts, I think, is a is an option. You have Andrew Luck there. You can pair him with with Le'Veon Bell. That'd be a great little tandem right there. This man took my ass. Hey, look, I just think that'd be a good pick. I'll let you have that, though. The team he <laughs> should go to, since you want to talk about it, is Green Bay. I, yeah. I, I mean, playing with Aaron Rodgers... You and so far, new head coach Matt Lafleur saying we're gonna be running the ball a lot more. So, Le'Veon Bell with um, Jones or Aaron Jones, the running back for us, I think that'll be a nice tandem, a nice little dual handoff situation you have. Lots of play action I can see out of that, and with Aaron Rodgers, you know anything's possible. So look, just do it. Come to Green Bay. I would love to see Le'Veon with Green Bay. The only issue I have with that is that they need to put their money maybe in. The defensive side of the ball. That'd be my only issue with that. Right. Because Aaron Rodgers, he's going to score you points, but it's more so the defense. Um, I love to see him, like you said, the Colts, him and Andrew Luck. That could be something that could be special. Right. Um, they're saying the Raiders may be another dark horse to get him. So if they mess around, take two of the Bs out of the triple Bs. That's kind of, that's that's almost, I mean, would you say that's making up for what you lost the year before if you get A.B. and Le'Veon losing Khalil? I don't think it's making up for Khalil, Matt. It's definitely <laughs> not making up for Khalil, Matt. But offensively, yeah, losing Amari, getting Le'Veon and Antonio Brown. Yeah, they'll be better offensively if they uh, mess around and get both of them because you'll have Derek Carr and then you got A.B. and Le'Veon. You're going to put up some points. You're going to average at least 20, 23 points, 24 right. points a game. But all right, um... Let's move on to the NBA, the league, the National Basketball Association. First, we're going to start out in L.A., of course. An anonymous NBA exec ripped LeBron for his leadership and for throwing people under the bus this year, quoted saying, I've never seen him like this and I'm a little shocked because I've been around him and thought he was more of a leader. All of a sudden, I'm seeing a different LeBron. Dude, don't do that. You're hurting yourself. The best thing he can do is tell everybody... My guys have been great. I can do better, and we need to continue to improve as a team. He hasn't done that. Instead, he's throwing people under the bus. So, with that being said, what grade are you giving LeBron for his first year with the Lakers? As a leader, as a player, all of it. I would have to give LeBron a C for this year. C. That's average, folks. I'm giving him a C. Teeter and a C+. Um... I'm giving them a C because it's the first time I assume they're not going to make the playoffs after recent losses that they've had, shutting everybody down on the team. Right. So I'm assuming that they're not going to make the playoffs. His leadership has been one of the things highly criticized this year. He he hasn't played with a lot of young teams in the last eight or so years. So it's like it's different for him, and it's an adjustment that he has to make. Mm-hmm. But I failed to see that adjustment. Like the first couple of weeks, it seemed good. He's telling giving them advice oh when you're on the floor wait for your teammates or your brothers and oh then, my god don't get me started <laughs> and then halfway through the year you try and trade your brothers off the team so I don't like his leadership has been a little wishy-washy after trade deadline came and AD made his announcement and everything you started seeing LeBron not so not so caring for these young players he kind of was like okay I, I just want to use you to get where I want to go right <laughs> which you can't do that as a leader of young players. Like as a leader of young players, you have to be a little bit sensitive. You gotta be a little sensitive. So I'm giving him a C. Um his playing style, he always puts up his numbers. So he's been lacking a little bit in defense and effort here and there, but 
He's having a great year statistically, like always. LeBron's always going to do that, I believe. So, I'm going to give him a C. Give him a C. How about you? What's your grade for him this year? So, this is tough as a Laker fan to give this man a grade. I'm going to give him a C as well. A solid, no plus, no minus, just straight up. It was a C year. As far as leadership, like I said in a couple podcasts before, it might have been last episode, episode before, just all the little things, his body language on the court, some of his comments after games, instead of at times where you should be putting your arms around your teammates, it seems he's been pushing them away. It's an obvious rift between him and the young guys and some of the veterans and the organization. I think some people have quoted saying that, you know, LeBron's basically has been his own man. He hasn't integrated himself into L.A. And it was easy to see that through the year. I give him a C, though, because still, he was still, what is he, 27 points a game, 8.5 assists, which might be a career high. Rebounds, I think he's at a career high with like 8.7 or something like that. So I can't be mad because the production is there. But if you're actually watching the games, like we've said a bunch of times, if you're actually watching the games, you're not seeing the hustle out of him. I'm not seeing him really try on defense. Yeah, now he's trying. Yeah. Now that, you know, in hindsight, he's saying, okay, I need to step up. Give but that criticism. Yeah, all year yeah. long it's been taking laps on defense. Even early in the year when some of those losses we took that we really needed, looking at now, there was 10 games where we're just like, yo, take over. We're waiting for you to take mm-hmm. over. And like I was telling you one time, Lakers are spoiled because we had Kobe. We used to Mamba mentality, someone yeah. taking on the fourth quarter and saying, get out the way, let me go win it. But what we have to learn as Lakers fans that that's not LeBron's style. He could do it sometimes. Look, man, I gave the guy a C. I think I'm being real generous giving him a C because his leadership was an F this year. His performance on the court, I understand the injuries, the groin injury, his first big injury ever. So let me make sure I throw that in there. I understand yeah. the situation. Mm-hmm. It's his first big injury out. He missed the most games he's ever missed, I believe, in a season ever at 18. Mm-hmm. So we really struggled without him. But the losses against like the Hawks and yeah. the Grizzlies since he's been back, yeah, yeah I, I can't unsee those things. Yeah, you know, I can't. If y'all could have just beat the teams that y'all are supposed to this year as far as teams that are like, legitimately taking. Like, we would call us taking teams. If y'all could have just won those games, I think y'all would have been still in the playoff race, probably, like, six or seven seeds, something like that. So, if y'all could have just did that throughout the year, and having LeBron on your team, you assume that you can beat those types of teams. You could have got that six seed, try to be, like, playing Portland or something. Oh, yeah, like, I would have felt good about that. That's mm-hmm. where we should have been. Right. I was real high on the Lakers this year, but... It's, it's just didn't meet expectations. I expected them to at least, you know, make playoffs, maybe get out of the first round. That no, would have been my expectation. That my my thoughts for a successful season for the Lakers was to at least win a round. And if you lose in the second round, okay. But I think everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of people assume they would at least make the playoffs. But as we can see now, shoot, we might be tanking for Zion at this point. Yeah, so I think that's what's happening. But I do want to stay on this subject and transition over to what Jeff Van Gundy said um, during the broadcast of the Lakers-Celtics game. He was saying that the Lakers should consider trading LeBron. Not saying trade him for sure, but, you know, go on 2K, put LeBron on trade finder. (laughs) Yo, see how many offers you get. You know, just scroll through. Just just shop him around. So that leads me to ask you, would you consider trading LeBron James in the offseason? If I'm the GM, y'all yeah, don't want me to be the GM. But uh, <laughs> you're the GM. Go ahead. I'm gonna consider. I'm gonna, I'm gonna definitely do what you say. I'm gonna put him on the trade fund. <laughs> I'm gonna see what I can get from him. I'm gonna see right. What type of if I can get a couple picks. If I can get the four first round picks. If I can get a star player. So I'm gonna definitely look to trade him. Or not. Not just gonna trade him for anything. Obviously, right? Because he is in this window that he has with the Lakers. He can win a championship in the definitely. next two or three years. He can win a championship. Just got to put the right pieces around him. Right. But um, I think as far as will they trade him and what would they like an offer look like for LeBron, I think what you'd be able to get is a star player, but not a superstar player at this point in his career. Right. And maybe some picks and just additional players to go with that. Well, like they say, you never really get back what you should get back when you trade a star player. Yeah. Um, if I if I was the exec, if I was in charge, 
I'm listening to offers, but I'm not fielding offers. You know, if someone came to me on offer, I'm listening, but I'm not saying, hey, LeBron's, <laughs> we're shopping LeBron. I'm not saying that because mm. I still believe that this offseason, if we do the right things, make the right roster decisions, learn from our mistakes this year, I still believe we can utilize LeBron. I mean, dude's averaging 27. Yeah. We should be able to utilize that. We see where he excels. We see where he definitely doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I think this offseason, we should, if we, let's say we miss out on getting a superstar, even if we don't get a superstar, we should put the pieces around him in place that fit with him. Definitely going to get more shooters, going to get some more defenders because you see he's not at the level he is. So, I, like I said, I'm listening to offers if you send them my way. Yeah. But I'm not telling y'all LeBron's going right. to trade. Because I, I think last year, even with the Cavs, I think they should have traded LeBron. Like, as bad as that sounds and as hard as it would be as a GM, as an owner of a team to trade away LeBron James, it's something that I think you should do. You should always do trade them a year or two before they start to decline, a year or two before they leave. Right. That's what Max Max Kellerman <laughs> be saying. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's just beneficial to your organization so you don't have to go through that either rebuilding process or that couple years where – Okay, they're not themselves. Kind of like what the Lakers went through with Kobe, even though I understood why they kept him. You didn't want to pay him all that money, but I understand right. why you kept him. It's kind of, especially as a Lakers organization, you got to keep that, you well, got to keep your brand still strong. Yeah, so. definitely that. You know, they wanted to show they treat superstars the right way. Yeah. This ultimately may have led to them getting LeBron. Yeah, you I saw how that, they treated Kobe, you know what I'm saying? So, I just, if you're an organization... To wake up the next morning and see your organization's name has traded LeBron James. <laughs> the the PR, the the mail, the hate you're gonna get, like, God, that is a that just sounds yeah. like a nightmare to ex- try to justify why you yeah. traded LeBron James because you're concerned about cap room or something. You know, it's just gonna be hard to yeah. convince the fans of that, yeah, you, even if it makes sense. You better win a ring the next year too. Yeah, <laughs> you like, better win a ring the next year. That would be tough. So yeah, it's it's one of those things where I think you, as a as a like non biased if the world was you know completely you yeah. didn't have to deal with all the backlash. Right. If there was no you, social media, you, yeah, <laughs> like exactly. no none of that, you'd be good. You, but you, you consider it, but you don't like you say you don't fill the office. You don't go looking for the office. Right. That's what I don't think a lot of people take into consideration when they think about why is my team making this trade and this trade. This trade is so simple. Blah blah. <laughs> Yo, this is real life. Right. You gotta deal with personalities and people. Got, and chemistry is real. Kind of like, you know the, kind of like the whole Pelicans thing. You did, you end up not trading the young players, and now now look at and you look are. how your season went. That no one's helping LeBron on defense no more. <laughs> they pushing him to go play. The, Kuzma pushing <laughs> my man. That's what you do. Somebody in the reg league who's getting burnt. Like yo, what you get out there? Like right. why are you over here and your man's a shooter? Why? 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 I don't understand. I don't. I don't have you. But yeah, that was that was interesting. Um, I think y'all just got a lot of weight y'all have to do, man. It's just after you get the right right pieces around LeBron, y'all be fine. Definitely a lot yeah. of work. Uh, like fine. like Magic said, it's a two year process, so I'm gonna stick with it. This was supposed to be a test year. We'll see what happens with that. All right. So going into um. Go over the last week or so. OKC's, OKC Thunder have been starting to slide down a little bit in the mm-hmm. standings. They are three and seven in their last ten games. Right. They're one game behind Houston for third seed, and they own the tiebreaker between the Blazers for the fourth seed. Right. Um. So I want to get your thoughts as far as them sliding first, and then we'll also get into their X factor come playoff time. So oh. let's start with their your thoughts about them sliding with Paul George being out lately and. Russell and his whole shooting woes and how they've been losing to teams that they're better than, but, you know. Well, it, it's no secret Russell Westbrook can't shoot. Like, we've seen that from the beginning of the season to now. So, I'm not, like, dissing. I'm saying, like, it's not because all of a sudden he's missing now that they're losing. What it is is Paul George and Dennis Schroeder have been struggling since coming back from his shoulder injury. Paul George is shooting 31% from the field and 25% from three, so horrible compared to what he was when he was at the top of most, I think, most people's MVP race. So he's been struggling since coming back from that shoulder injury. So that's definitely hindered them a lot, as long with Dennis Schroeder, who's averaging 15, but he's shooting 34% from the field and 33% from three. And he shoots a lot of threes for some reason, and he keeps missing them. 
some of that Westbrook rubbing off? I don't know. <laughs> but those are like the two main reasons I think OKC is struggling. Um, I I see them picking it back up. They'll find it again. Yeah. But this is also why I'm not really sold on them 100%. Yeah. But we'll, we'll get into more of that later. What did you think about that? I think a lot of it has been Paul George being out and then returning. He just hasn't been MVP for right. since then. Right. And then um, as far as Russ goes... I love Russ. I love the mentality he brings to the game. I, like He has that Mamba mentality. It's just he's not as skilled as the Mamba. So it's like, you can bring that, okay, I'm a shooter into the game, but right. you also have to be a good shooter and pick the pick your spots to correctly. So I think he struggles with that, and that's one thing that's been making them lose a couple of these games that they maybe should have won. It's like my, my argument with Russell Westbrook is always just, it's not how hard he plays because it's, might be the hardest playing playing person in the league. We've mm-hmm. said that plenty of times. But his shot selection at times, sometimes rearing it back, I don't know if he's going to do that. I don't know if I can count on him game in and game in out to defer. And if Paul George isn't hitting, mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook already isn't getting any better at shooting. If Dennis Schroeder's missing too, that team's not going to get very far in the playoffs, especially with these teams that hit a lot of threes. So... Well, we'll see what the Thunder do. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Um, shout out to them for, you know, dropping a couple games and the Rockets get that third seed. But Rockets moving on up, man. Yeah, they're, they're high right they now, coming. the Rockets. They're but um, I think this year is going to tell us a lot about their coaching situation going forward. Billy Donovan, I think he's a solid coach, but I always felt like he wasn't the coach for them. I think they need somebody that can, you know, I'm not going to say control Russ, but bring him to a place where, okay, this is where you need to be as the point guard of this team for them to take that next step. Yeah, I've, I've been saying, I feel like we've had this conversation about Billy Donovan a hundred times, mm-hmm. whether it be with you or any of my other friends. Like, they keep keeping him, though. There's yeah. something about him that they like, so they keep him. And, I mean, they, they're they a good regular season team, but I just I don't know about them mm-hmm. when it comes to the playoffs. All right. Okay, coming into the playoffs, what do you think about their X Factor? Who do you think is going to be that player that's going to, you know, tip the balance as far as them winning and losing the series? I think I think they have two X Factors. And these two I'm about to name shouldn't be X Factors because they're quote-unquote stars. But the X Factors is Paul George and Russell Westbrook. What are you going to do in the playoffs this year? Last year, to exit the playoffs, Paul George went, what, two for six in the yeah. game clincher? Uh, Russell Westbrook was, Jesus, I don't know. He shot like 46, 47, 48 shots in the game. He's getting them up. Who am I going to get? Am I going to get this Paul George I was getting before the All-Star break? 28 points a game, pulling up, you know, crossing guys, anybody. Am I going to get Russell Westbrook willing to give people the ball? That I don't know, which makes it an X factor for me. I shouldn't have to say that about two stars, but they've yet to really show us they could do it in the playoffs yet. So those are my two X factors, Paul George and Russell Westbrook. What about you? My X factor would have to be, I'm going to just go with Russell Westbrook. I'm going to go with his jump shot, and I'm going right. to go with his decision-making. Right, right now he's shooting, currently from the field, he's shooting 43% from the field. From three-point range, shooting 28%. And from, from the free throw line, he's shooting 65%. Jesus. So it's just his shooting in general. He fit right be, in L.A. <laughs> right, that no free throw shooting. That's the biggest question, like the whole year. His, his free throw shooting has dipped crazy. Um, last year he shot seventy three percent, seventy three percent, which was a low year for him. Right, he's usually in that eighty percent range. So I mean, it's slowly been getting worse, which has been surprising and it's been confusing as far as why is that. But I think that's gonna mean a lot come playoff time. You're gonna have the ball in his hands the most. Right, and if they mess around, and start fouling him. I I have confidence that he'll hit him in the clutch. Because he is a big-time player, and usually he is a good free-throw shooter. But this year has been an outlier as far as can I trust him with the ball as far as when it comes to making free-throws. And also, in the playoffs, is he going to be willing to give Paul George the ball like he's been doing in the regular season? Right, which definitely. Is, which had them in the third seed before this injury had happened. So that's going to be my biggest thing to watch. It's always Russell Westbrook. I always think it's going to depend on how far he can carry them. So... That's where I'm at with our OKC. Yeah, seeding seeding's gonna matter a lot for them to me. Yeah. But talking about seeding in the playoffs, let's transition to a topic I wanted to talk about. So the Warriors have been struggling lately, but 
I feel that ultimately when it comes time to the playoffs, they will be that team to beat. So I ask you, does anybody have a legit shot in beating the Golden State Warriors? Talk to me. The teams I think have a shot. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start with my West teams, and I'm gonna go over to the East. Okay, good. So starting with the West teams, I'm gonna start with Houston. I think they match up the best with OKC, especially in the West. Not OKC with the Warriors. I'm sorry. Right. Houston matches up great with the Warriors. They understand what they have to do to beat them. Go taking them to seven games last year. Um, they also match up the best. So as far as Chris Paul and Steph Curry, I can any given game. One of them can win that matchup. Um, James Harden and Klay Thompson. Usually I'm going to take James Harden unless Klay is having one of those games where he just snaps off. And then we have someone that can D up KD about as good as it gets. You know, so you're not true. stopping KD. Hey. But he, he, he will play solid defense. And hey, definitely. He showed up a lot of different times. And then going throughout the last games, you've had Fareed, you've had Capella. Fareed stretching the floor with his three has been a great addition somehow. So... If he continues to do that, I think we match up great. I think we understand what it takes to beat them. Um, OKC, I'm going to go with them as a contender when it comes to beating the Warriors. If they play them in a series, because they haven't played them since they got KD yet. Right. So, if they play them in a series, I think it would be a very emotional series for as far as KD and Russ. You know, the whole broken up, now we're finally playing each other in the playoffs thing. Right. And I think it would be a great series to watch, because now you have Paul George playing at that MVP level. Their role players are always consistent. Steven Adams, Jeremy Grant, mm-hmm. all of them. They're all pretty consistent, and I think you know what you're going to get out of them. It comes down to, like we were saying earlier, Russ and Paul George. Are we going to see? Gonna do? Are we going to see what they what they do in the playoffs? So I think they can contend. I think their chances are pretty slim. We need Paul George to be at that MVP level. Yeah, four games. He's got to be that guy. Yes, because they're going to le- they're going to need to lean on him. Yeah, and then Russ, he just can't make those boneheaded. If they get in close fourth quarter games, they can't make those boneheaded decisions. So right. That's going to be my thing for them. Um, the only other team that I think can compete with them is the Nuggets, but I think they're just too young. And whenever they get in a big game, they end up losing. And they need a better win, which I think Michael, they're hoping Michael Porter Jr. can be that for them. Right. But they're going to, I think we need. We're a year or two early on them. They still need a little bit more time to gel and mature. They're definitely inexperienced. So that'd be my West teams. You got anybody in the West first? So for my West teams, I only have one team out of the West that I feel like can challenge the Warriors. And you already said it. It's the Rockets. Why? Familiarity. They've played them. They've been to seven games with them. They they know how what works well against them and what doesn't. So they have star power, Chris Paul, James Harden, enough said James Harden. Another MVP year might win a back-to-back MVP. Who we'll see by the end, but they have that star power. They're a gritty team. They play defense. I like Capella. I like Tucker. I like every. I like the Rockets. I've told you that. I, I ain't no hate coming from me for the Rockets. I like everything they did with their team this year. Austin Rivers playing great. Probably playing some of the best basketball of his career with the Rockets. He's in a nice role. Plays defense. Fareed revitalized his career, snagging boards. You know, I I like everything about the Rockets. I think ultimately last year they were injury away. And I still feel like Chris Paul doesn't get hurt. They win the championship last year. So, and let's not forget, aren't the Rockets 3-0 against the Warriors this year? Yeah, they're 3-0 and they play on Wednesday. So, Hey, so look, granted it's regular season. I get it. I just think if the Rockets are healthy, and firing on all cylinders, and we get the same James Harden we get in the regular season, which is still a question. Let me not, let me, let me not, I'm not going to front. We don't always get the same James Harden. So if we get that, and we get a healthy Chris Paul, I think they have a legitimate shot against the Warriors. Yeah, um, when it comes to the Rockets, I need them to be healthy. I think that's the yeah. only thing that's going to matter when it comes to the Health is If they're big. healthy, they're competing with the Warriors. If Definitely. they're healthy, they're competing, okay? Definitely. And it's going to go... Six or seven, and it could go either way to me. It's one of those, I'm not going to say a toss-up series, but I give Houston the best chance in the league at beating the Warriors. I will say that. Right. They have the best chance just off of that familiarity, and it's really just depending upon how. I need Chris Paul to not have that timely injury that he always seems to have. Just need everybody healthy. That's it. All right, going over to my East teams, I think in the East, we have our top four teams that we think commit the finals. Uh, the Bucks, the Raptors, 76ers, and the Celtics. 
I think they all give the Warriors a tough matchup. Mm -hmm. They all have length that can defend them all great. Because you need length when you're playing against those great shooters, especially right. with Steph and KD just in general, because he's going to shoot over just about anybody. But right. if you can bother him just a little bit, it's going to make a big difference. And I also think they all have great coaching outside of the 76ers. With Brett Brown, which yeah, I think he's a Brown good coach. called you out. <laughs> called you out. Compared, except the Sixers. He said, except. When, compared to the other teams in the East, you got the Bucks. They have Mike, Bo Mike Budenhoser, right. who's good a coach, coach of the year. Uh, I think he will be coach of the year just because they'll win 60-plus games. He's going to win it. Did he win coach of the year with Atlanta? Did, they win, did he win coach of the year yeah, that year? When they, yeah, when they had yeah. that one seed. Okay. Um, so I think he's a great coach. Raptors, I think Nick Nurse, he's... So far, he's proven to be a great coach. Hey, so far, so good. The Celtics, we know what Brad Stevens brings to the table. Still a little bit of question marks around him, but we know he's a great coach. At like at right. the core, he's a great coach. And then with the 76ers, I think Brent Brown, he's solid, but when I watch their games, it doesn't look like he's really running the system out there, honestly. Solid. Another word to use when you don't want to insult somebody. Well, yo, he's not trash, he's, but he's just solid. Yeah. He's solid. <laughs> yeah, he needs, yeah. like... <laughs> Maybe it's the construct of the team. It's kind of it's hard to run a specific system with them, right? Because you have a point guard who doesn't really like to shoot with Ben Simmons. They got a lot of pieces. They got a lot. JJ, of he's always running around screens. Jimmy Butler wants to play the ISO ball, and then Joel Embiid, he kind of he can fit kind of with anything, but he also plays the ISO ball as well. So right, they have a weird construct construct to their team. Tobias Harris being added to the team, I feel like he you can just place him wherever he'll be effective. But yeah. I think they all stand a good shot. Uh, I say with the Bucks right now, you have a top two player in the world with Giannis. He matches up probably best in the league with KD. Him and Kawhi, as far as length, as far as defending and making him work on the uh, off on the defensive part, defensive side of the ball, making KD work. Right. I think that's very vital. You have to make Steph work. You have to make Clay. You have to make them work because then their offense is going to be as lethal. You don't get those fast break transition threes, which kill your team. It kills the momentum. So. You got to tire them out. You got to be physical. You got to hit them off every screen. You got to bump them exactly. into every screen. That's the only way you're going to You gonna have to play football. Okay? <laughs> football. Yeah, you see what the Cavs did whenever yeah, they got to the finals. Like, like, you got to like, you gotta throw physical. them out this spot. You got to take a couple fouls here and there. Exactly. So, I think that's going to be big. Um, the Bucks, they have Bledsoe, who is starting to actually elevate his play, which has been surprising. So if he continues to play at that level, I think Come playoff time, that's going to be mean a lot for them. And Middleton as well. That's what that money do for you. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. You start, you start not caring, right? You just go out there and hoop. Exactly. Um, I think the Raptors, they have a great shot because you have Kawhi. Kawhi, been one of my favorite players in the league, as quiet as he is. He just goes out there and balls. He locks up the best player on, on the defense side of the ball, and he goes out there and gives you 25-plus on the offensive side of the ball. Right. He, the one thing he does lack is that explosive scoring, but with the Raptors, I think they have a balanced enough team where he doesn't have to fill up the stat mm -hmm. fill up the points part of the stat sheet as much as you know most most superstars would. The only question mark after the Raptors is Kyle Lowry. Mm. Come playoff time, can Kyle Lowry be that guy that we see in the regular season? I think he's adjusted his play this year as far as I'm gonna bring it defensively, I'm gonna be a playmaker offensively. And I will look to score when I'm open. Like, that's kind of the role that he's taking this year. And I think that's going to, if he continues that up, it's going to mean a lot in the playoffs. And I think it can translate. I think he will be successful. And having Kawhi as number one rather than DeRozan, with all due respect, it's a big jump. And it's something that it's definitely can mean a lot. an upgrade. <laughs> yeah. And they don't obviously LeBron this year. So right. they're, making, they're making make some noise this year. Um, I've already gotten to the 76ers. They're, on paper, they're a great matchup. I just need Ben Simmons to be a threat outside of 10 feet. And Embiid has to dominate if they play the Warriors in a series. Definitely that. Um, and then as far as the Celtics, they have to get Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum on that on that level that they were playing last year in the playoffs. Right. If they're going to get through the East and then compete with the Warriors. They need to get them on that level. They need to play the way they've been playing the last week ever since um, what happened. Ever since the uh, Warriors game. They had beat the Warriors on uh, last Tuesday. And they... Been playing good ever since then. I think that road trip to the West kind of, you know, gelled the team a little bit. You ain't seeing your family. You left with the boys. Like, you got to you gotta talk to us. We got to figure this out. So, I think that meant a lot as far as, um, you know, wrapping up this season going into the playoffs. So, those are my four teams. I think they all can compete with the Warriors. Honestly. So, for me, for the East, I don't think they all four can, can compete. I only think two of those teams can compete. So, 
My first team I'm going with is the Raptors. They match up well. At the end of the day, if we get, like you said, if we get Kyle Lowry that we get in the regular season, you know, who, who's always playing and committed and playing good, then I think they match up well. You got Lowry, Steph, you got Danny Green. He can guard Klay Thompson. You got Kawhi. You could put him wherever you need him, but definitely on KD. You got Ibaka. You got Mark Gasol, and I, I like their depth. That's a big thing that I like that I think you can exploit on the Warriors. I don't think their depth is as good as it has been. I think that's somewhere when you got Jeremy Lin, OG Ananobi, Gasol, Van Fleet, even Jody Meeks is getting play time with Serrano, hitting shots, even though we just saw them losing to the Cavs tonight. But still, I think they have enough firepower. I think they have enough defense. I think they're well coached. I think they're disciplined. And I think Kawhi is one of them superstars that give the Warriors problems because he can guard pretty much anybody on this team and they're going to get boogie in that pick and roll. I already see it coming (laughs) and they're going to abuse him. So I I think the Raptors have a very legit shot at beating the Warriors. Um, There's no LeBron in the East anymore. And like you said earlier, it ain't DeRozan. That's Kawhi you looking at. It's a different stuff. This is a whole different level of superstar. No disrespect to DeRozan. So I think the Raptors have a great shot at beating the Warriors if they do meet them there. And the only other team in the East that I give a shot actually beating the Warriors is surprisingly the Celtics. I Look, they've struggled this year. Kyrie bickering with the young players, blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, when the playoffs roll around, I trust Brad Stevens as a coach. And as we've seen over the past few years, the Celtics play the Warriors really well. They match up with them really well. They have depth like we were talking about. They have Kyrie Irving, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Marcus Morris. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Marcus Morris. They have, uh, what's the guy's name? Terry Rozier. They have plenty of pieces to go to war with the Warriors. (laughs) And I think they're top five in defense as far as points allowed, which is going to be big coming to the playoffs, you know, because defense definitely has to carry over. So Mm -hmm. I think the Celtics and the Raptors are the only two teams in the East with a legit shot at who could actually beat the Warriors this year. You don't think the Bucks or the 76ers are ready? I don't think the Bucks are ready because I don't trust. I just, man, I just don't trust it. Mm-hmm. I don't trust the Bucks yet. Okay. I need to see them win a couple rounds yeah. and get past. And for Philly, they're they just like a confused bunch. Mm-hmm. They have great players. I'm I'm really high on their starting lineup. I think it could be the best starting lineup in the league. Yeah. But there's questions about their bench. Questions about what kind of offense they're running. Like we said about Ben Simmons. Is he going to score one point? You know, he. Yeah. these are all questions I have. Celtics is more, okay, Kyrie's been there. These guys have been to one game away from the finals without Kyrie. Okay, a little familiarity. Okay. Raptors, you got Kawhi leading that. He's mm-hmm. won a championship before. Taking the vets. Taking, yeah. taking the people that have proven it, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um... I say the last thing about the teams that can compete with the Warriors. Um, I think only way you're gonna compete with them, like we said, is to bump and grind with them, turn it into a fight out there. Like you need to be clawing at these light skinned shooters. You need to be clawing at this seven foot. You, you gotta get out there. Like you need, I, need, <laughs> I need boogie thirty feet from the hoop. Yeah, you gotta get Ice out there. situation. Like you right. gotta you gotta make them work. You gotta make them work. And exactly. I'm leaving Draymond open the whole playoffs. Oh yeah. Hey, I think he's. <laughs> Hey, I think Warriors might try to make a play where they get rid of Draymond and keep KD. I think that mm-hmm. I think that is on the table. I'm just saying. I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's gonna happen. I'm just saying I think that's on the table. Definitely. It's gonna be interesting to see if they can deal Draymond and what they get back from him. They may not look for anything back from him. Honestly, like they may just want them. Done with the team. They're... Yeah, what if they just bought him out? Oh, <laughs> See, that ain't happening. Oh, my God. Hey, come, come to Houston. You can you come off the bench. You don't Help want PJ shoot. out. You can't shoot. You don't want him. You don't want him. Mike D'Antoni, they'll figure the it out. The same thing you just said, leaving him open. That's what they're going to do. They're going <laughs> to leave him open. Hey, they're leaving, they're leaving <laughs> Kenneth Reed open. I oh, hope Draymond God. can make a three or two, all right? That's all I'm going to say. All right. Let's move on to the last section of our show. I text my boy David. I say, "Oh, we're gonna do top five disappointing teams in that season." Ugh, I don't want to do this because definitely some of my teams up here. But 
We have a top five list. You have your list. Are you ready? Yes, sir. I'm going to start first because I have an honorable mention. I have to get them out there. I didn't want to be biased and have too many Lakers on my list. It would have hurt my feelings. So, my honorable mention is the 2004 Lakers, Carl Malone, Gary Payton, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, end up losing to the Detroit Pistons four games to one. This was in my early stages of watching basketball and actually knowing what the hell was going on. And to see us lose to the Pistons in the manner we did, it broke my young heart. Go ahead. Go ahead. I can't. I also had an honorable mention as well. Right. My honorable mention was the 2009 Cleveland Cavaliers team. They won 66 games in the regular season. They were 66 and 16. They started off sweeping the first two teams Mm. in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. LeBron finally had another all-star with Mo Williams. Right. Which, you know, a lot of people give him flat whether or not he was really an all-star. But that year, Mo Williams played great. Right. And they ended up losing to the Orlando Magic, which... Dwight Howard. It just wasn't a good matchup for them, which that's kind of all it came down to. They had a lot of shooters, and they were playing around Dwight Howard. And LeBron played great. He played a great series. It's just his role players... They weren't stepping up and eventually led to him going to another team on this list of mine. <laughs> okay, we'll get to that. Let's move on to number five. I'm going to make my number five quick because you just talked about them. I have the 2009-2010 Cleveland Cavs, like David just told you. Uh, Mo Williams, All-Star, Delonte West, Big Z, Booby Gibson, 39-2 record at home. And most importantly, I put a star by this. Let me put another star by this. No Kobe versus LeBron in the uh, finals. This is why I hate you, Rob. LeBron. We got Rob. I don't hate you, LeBron, but everybody wanted to see Kobe versus LeBron in the finals. They had the puppet commercials back then. Like, everybody was like, yo, yo, I, we need to see. Because back then it was, yo, who's better? Kobe, LeBron. Kobe, LeBron. And, hey, look, Kobe did his part. He was in the finals. Yeah. LeBron can't say the same. I actually put the 2009-10, all of that. I put Shaq, Antoine Jameson, both them two teams that didn't win a championship. But who's your number five? My number five is the 2012-2013 L.A. Lakers. Mm. I think they struggled throughout the whole year. Constantly injuries happening between. Because they had just added Steve Nash. They had just added Dwight Howard during that offseason. We all thought that Lakers team is looking like, okay, they at least going to be in the West Conference Finals, if not make the finals and win the championship. Because Kobe still hadn't got hurt yet. Right. He was playing some of his best basketball for that. And the year just didn't turn out well. The chemistry between Kobe and Dwight was terrible. Steve Nash was breaking his back every other day. Literally. <laughs> Couldn't carry the bag off the plane until <laughs> he got hit. And I think <clears throat> Adam Mike D'Antoni really drove Kobe into the ground, which... Ruined the rest of Kobe's career. Granted, he still, you know, finished out great, finished with 60 points. But that year, Kobe had wheeled that team to the playoffs, which mm. it shouldn't have took having that much talent on your team. But that was one of my most disappointing teams. I thought they were at least going to go to the finals. Me and you both. Let's move on to number four. At number four, I got the 2013-14 Brooklyn Nets. You forgot who's on that roster. Let me remind you. Brooke Lopez, Paul Pierce, Jason Terry, Darren Williams, Joe Johnson, Andre Karolinko. That is the famous trade that the Celtics are still making out on on this day. <laughs> still got to picks. this day. Still got picks from that trade. Mm-hmm. Just a horrible... I think they said they were going to win a championship in what? Less than three years Yeah, they said that. They said Something <laughs> like that. They ended up losing 4-1 to the Heat. Yeah. Boston made out in that trade. They're still benefiting from that. That's my number four and the most disappointing team. All right, my fourth most disappointing team is the 2007 Mavs. Mm. They had they're a 67 win team. Right. Um, Dick, that's his only MVP season of his career, and they ended up being a one seed versus an eight seed, and they had lost to the Warriors four mm. two in the first round, which. I don't think there's much I need to say about that. The Mavs were one of the best teams all year. They ended up losing to an eight seed, and it doesn't really get much worse than that. Losing first round, and you expect to make a championship. And coming in at number three, I have the Dallas Mavericks. 06, 07, like my boy just said, 67-15, number one seed. 
Dirk was the MVP. Jerry Stackhouse, Josh Howard, Jason Terry. Yeah, squad. <laughs> and you lose to, hey, look, don't get it twisted. You lose to a good Warriors team. Yeah. Baron Davis, Monte Ellis, yeah. Stephen Jackson, Jay Rich. I have them at number three. They were number one seed. They were definitely supposed to win the championship that year after retooling and losing the previous year. And they go out in the first round. Who is your number three? My number three is the like the team that you had said earlier, the 2003 and 2004 LA Lakers. Mm-hmm. Lost 4-1 in the finals to the Pistons after adding Gary Payton and Carl Malone. Made to the finals uh, four out of the last five years during that span, but mm-hmm. going to the finals and losing to the up-and-coming Pistons team is just a disappointment at the time. It, it hurt. It hurt. <laughs> Number two, I have. The 2012-2013 Los Angeles Lakers. It's a damn shame. I keep having to say the Lakers name. But Steve Nash, Pal Gasol, Derek Fisher, Kobe Bryant, Antoine Jameson, Dwight Howard. Metal World Peace. Horrible year. Fired Mike Brown after I think like seven games. Something like that. They fired him like in the first like ten games. Mm-hmm. Hired D'Antoni. Like you said earlier, him and Kobe never clicked. Kobe took over from there and willed the team to the playoffs. He was second in the league in minutes that year behind Luol Deng for Chicago. That was the faithful year Kobe tore his Achilles. And his career was never the same. My favorite player started to get that Thanos fade away from Mm. that point on. So that was the most disappointing year to me. I really thought we had a super team at that time. But like you said, injuries and chemistry issues plagued that team. My second most disappointing team, or failed team, I'm going to say it, the 2016-2017 Golden State Warriors. Mm -hmm. What can I say? Uh, 73-win team, broke the record of the Bulls, everybody's saying best team of all time. They struggle, well, they don't struggle throughout the playoffs, but Steph gets hurt in the playoffs and make it to the finals. They're up 3-1 against the Cleveland Cavaliers, a healthy Cleveland Cavaliers team. Mm. And they break down. Draymond takes the beat, gets suspended. <laughs> Draymond threw the under the belt. Yeah, he can't do that. <laughs> can't do that. Got, LeBron got him out of there. Adam Seven said, nah, we ain't right. Hey. So they they do that. They blow the 3-1 lead. LeBron and Kyrie put on amazing performances the rest of the series. And just the reason it's so disappointing in such a failed season is you're rumored to be the best team of all time. And you blow a 3-1 lead. You just can't win one game. And you have two games at home. And that's really stuck with me a lot throughout the Warriors' uh, run these last couple of years. Right. Having that memory of, okay, you finally played a healthy Cleveland Cavaliers team, and you lost that series. Mm. And you lost it in dramatic fashion. It wasn't just, we lost because we were the worst team, the lesser team, but we lost because we had a mental breakdown. We couldn't handle those high moments of uh, stress, high moments of just demanding greatness out of your great players. You had a unanimous MVP on your team. It was all around disappointing for me. And coming in at number one for me, because I like to ring the same bell, I put them at number one, the 73-9 and nine Warriors. Uh, you pretty much said everything. In fact, the only thing I wrote down about this was self-explanatory. 73-9, uh, yeah. and nine, yeah, yeah. best record, regular season record of all time. You're up 3-1. Got it. I know Bogut got hurt. I know Iggy was a little hurt. I know Draymond got suspended, but at the same time, I used to defend it back then, but I'm not now. You're up three games to one. You got to close that series out. Like Michael Jordan said in the 95-96 Bulls motto, 72-10 and 10 don't mean nothing without the ring. And 73-9, and 9, it don't mean nothing without the ring. So that is my number one most disappointing team in year of all time. Who is your number one? I can't say it any better than that quote you just had. Mike, that's why you're the GOAT. <laughs> that's why you're the GOAT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta get that ring. But um, my number one most disappointing team is the 2010-2011 Miami Heat. Mm. They had won 58 games that year, and everybody was screaming all summer. LeBron and Chris Bosh going to South Beach. Not one. Not two. Not, not three. three. <laughs> not four. <laughs> not five. LeBron, it was a disappointing year. I'm, it wasn't a disappointing year because they got to the finals. So, up to that point, but the aspirations of winning a championship, playing a Mavs team that 
You should have beat. You just should have beat. They had <laughs> Dirk. They had J.J. Varane and Jason Terry, Sean Marion, Tyson Chandler. They were a solid team, but they should not have beat a team with as much star power as LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, all in their primes. It's, it was just a disappointment. And it was only a disappointment, I hate to say it, was because LeBron. He had averaged about 15 or 16 points in that series, if I'm not mistaken. And just was not shooting good. Wasn't scoring on people 5'11", 6 feet, which... They had to get that change. So that's my most disappointing team of all time. That was back so when the whole LeBron not clutch. That shit was yeah, that, that yeah. was riding hard back yeah, then. Man, I was like, on them that year. Yeah, I was look, I was like, hey, y'all told me he was better than Kobe? <laughs> Kobe? <laughs> hey, that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, look, everybody, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Here's the Deal. That's all we got for you. Once again, my name is Michael White. My name is David. Hey, thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys next time. Anything you want to say to the people real quick, David? Um, get, get it off. Get it well, off. Get once it again, out. once again, just thank y'all for all the support. Continue to listen. Continue to tell the people about the podcast. Yes. Um, yes. We're going to be looking to have some guests, having some um, questions as well coming right. from the fans. We want to hear your response. We want to hear what y'all want us to talk about. Yeah. So if y'all have anything, you can hit us on Facebook. You can hit us on Twitter. We're always engaging with the fans. And just let us know what y'all think, okay? All right. All right, everybody. See you until next time. All right. Thank you for listening to Here's the Deal podcast. Tune in for next week's episode. And don't forget to add the Here's the Deal podcast Facebook and Twitter pages.